0: I remember girls having to leave school in a cab with their mum because of the behaviour of the girls at the school, running them down, calling them this, calling them that. It was a really, really toxic environment. Hey, friend! Thank you very much for joining me today. We went live this week with the Curl Power podcast and I've had some really great feedback so far. So thank you for joining me on this crazy journey into podcasting so yeah it's a real thing now it lives outside of my head not just inside of my head and if you're listening to this you are part of this journey too thank you my first episode was a bit of a summary actually just telling you about what you can expect from the show and giving you a little snippet of my first three guest interviews that I got lined up for you The next episode was all about my experience of sustaining a spinal cord injury during a pandemic and what that taught me. And my first guest episode, which went live on launch day, was with Charlotte Williams. She is the founder of 7-6 Inclusive Marketing Agency, so I would definitely recommend you go back and check those out after you have finished with this episode. And in this episode, I'm going to be telling you the awkward truth about my experience of growing up mixed race, black Caribbean, white British in 1980s, 1990s Birmingham, England. I'll talk about feeling out of place, being told that I think I'm too nice, begging friends, moving schools and about being the tough one. See, I see the human experience as being like an onion. So at the very core of it, you've got who you were at the very beginning this little baby this little mini human that's like a sponge taking it all in and then as you get older and as you experience different things in life these life changing experiences they don't even actually have to be that significant but all of these different things that form who we are become like the layers of this onion and then before you know it on the outside you've got this slightly toughened skin which is just a symptom of the fact that it's been the closest to the elements and it's weathered and it's all a bit rough and a bit tough. Sometimes we just need to peel back the layers of those onions and get back to who the baby is. So, who was I when I was a baby? <laughs> I was born in Birmingham in in the cold autumn of 1983. Actually, I was born on the wettest day of the year, which is a, a random fact that I happen to know. My mum, She is called Debbie. She's a wonderful woman. She was born on an island called Dominica, which is in the Caribbean. It is known as the nature isle of the Caribbean and it has got a river for every day of the year. It is stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. So it's no wonder that my mother is such a beautiful, natural being. Um, And my dad, Steve, he was born in England in a place called Gloucestershire. And when I came along, He had already had a son. So I was a little sister to a big white brother. So yeah, my mum's black and my dad's white. Back in that day, that wasn't that common at all. It was like, people used to be almost gobsmacked when I would say that my dad was white and my mum was black. It was always like, oh, really? People always made the assumption that because I was mixed race, I was going to have a white mum and a Jamaican dad. And the amount of times that when people saw my dad, they were like, that's your dad yeah that's my dad what were you expecting or like worse still the times when like we're out in town and I can see people looking at us like like they think that that's like my sugar daddy or something and I'm just like no that's my dad and then I'm like hi dad dad just letting everybody know that it's my dad this is my dad this is not my sugar daddy (laughs) and he's always like why are you always calling me dad when we're out you don't have to keep saying dad I know I'm your dad and I'm like yeah but nobody else does so Um, growing up we grew up very close in proximity to my mom's dad, my granddad, and my granddad Lewis man. Ah, oh, God bless my granddad Lewis. I grew up so, so close to him. I was like his first grandchild as well, and the first child of his his daughter who's his eldest child so it was just we had a really really special relationship we go round to his house on a sunday and he'd be cooking up some food in the kitchen and he'd be teaching me everything showing me all of the different vegetables that he was putting into his pots and teaching me how he'd make all these different things and then he'd be telling me all about dominica and the different places there and just how beautiful it is and he always did his best to really instill into us a sense of who we who we are and where we came from on my mum's side, which I think was really important. I think it just gave me a real firm foundations in in who who I was racially. It was always such a treat to go round there and on a Sunday afternoon. He'd have a little packet of rainbow drops for us. We'd have a packet of cheese and onion crisps and a carton of Ribena. There'd always be like wildlife programs on the TV and it would just be it would just be an educational time while we were there just filled with so much love and i just felt so loved by him that the first opportunity he could he actually paid for us all to go out to dominica so that we could experience it and so we could see where we came from so that alongside trips to like market with him on a saturday and Yeah, we just had a really, really special and close relationship and I'm so, so grateful for that. My mum's got brothers as well. You know, we were all in Brum, so we were all really close and we just had a really good, solid relationship. And then we had my dad's side of the family who all sort of live in slightly more remote places. I mean, where we lived in Birmingham was predominantly white, but, you know, some of the places where my dad's family lived out in the country and stuff like that, definitely, um, we definitely feel a bit different when we were there, that's for sure. I always felt sort of very aware whenever I went out of any sort of major city really I always had a sense of feeling very self-aware that I didn't look like the other people that were there because at home it just was what it was you know what I mean we were just a family it was all love like our family came from a place of love so going out the house even without truly being conscious there was a definite sense that I felt as though I didn't really Fit in in some places and there'd be times when we go to places and I suppose to the outside eye looking in they wouldn't really see anything but you just feel things don't you and there's just looks and there's just vibes and I became very aware of of, of being in situations where I just didn't feel entirely comfortable. I do remember one very early memory which was uh, we were actually up in Scotland. I remember being at some sort of outdoor sale, and I remember my mum getting really upset and my mum started crying and I can't even remember my brother being there so I must have been really young or I just can't remember him being there but either way I'm talking about like five and under mum was crying and I remember saying to my dad like what's wrong with uh, mummy and dad said oh you know I can't remember exactly what he said but it was along the lines of the fact that People were looking at mummy because mummy looked different to them, or something like that. And I just remember, yeah, my mum being really upset and just feeling those vibes at that stage. Obviously, you don't ever want to see your mum upset, do you? And I couldn't properly compute it, but I knew that something wasn't right. I wouldn't consciously say I knew about race at that stage, but there was definitely an awareness of it, but not a conscious awareness of it. And I think that evolved as I got older and more so with with the input of other people and their comments around race and my identity more so than than my own conclusions until I got to secondary school really. But I do remember a time when I must have been at junior school and I went to a predominantly white school. I did have a couple of black friends there, hold tight Sabrina, still friends till this day, but it was a predominantly white class. Yeah, so most of my friends were white at school. Most of the Disney princesses were white, apart from Aladdin, Jasmine. Obviously, Aladdin's not a Disney princess, but yeah, I can't remember any representation as far as Disney went growing up. Just all of the programmes and all of the bands, and I just didn't see myself represented. And again, it's just that feeling of feeling not quite not quite part of something, feeling a sense of difference. And I remember the one time actually going into the bathroom at my mum and dad's house and getting talcum powder and just patting it all over my face. <laughs> which I can sort of laugh at a bit now but that's actually quite sad isn't it to think you know i was putting talcum powder on my face to see what i would look like if i was white and to see you know what would that be like for me to to feel white because to me all of the depictions of beauty that i was seeing were white i wasn't seeing any any anyone that looked like me and what does that do to a kid well, I know what it does because I'm the 38, almost 38-year-old 38 product of having to go through these different experiences and there's been a lot of unpicking that I've had to do. I remember, at, this was at nursery, I remember being at nursery and being asked to paint a self-portrait and I painted this picture and in my head I must have known that my mum was black and my dad was white or that there was that sort of a difference because I mixed a black paint and a mixed a white paint And I just remember thinking, oh, Like I'm grey in this painting. (laughs) I don't look grey in real life. How is that not working? I remember my dad explaining to me, it's because daddy's not, you know, he's not exactly white. He's more of a peachy colour and mummy's not really black. It's more of a, it's a rich brown colour. And yeah, so bless poor confused little me just thinking, oh yeah, mum's black, dad's white. You know, mix the paint, voila, there we go. Beautiful mixed race self-portrait. no. (laughs) <laughs> definitely not it wasn't really until I got to secondary school that I started to get a real sense and a real idea and understanding of race and the impact of that on society really and we just grew up in this family that was filled with love and difference and we knew that but it was all good Like there weren't no drama, Like I knew who I was I was born from a black woman, I was very comfortable with that. I was born to a white father, I was very comfortable with that. You know, that it just wasn't a thing. And then secondary school happened. (sighs) Secondary school. (laughs) Oh, I dread to think of my little daughter now going off to secondary school. It's just like being taken out the frying pan and into the fire. That was just a baptism of... yeah secondary school not my finest time didn't enjoy it had a really 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 difficult time at school i was a really tall kid like i was abnormally tall at school it's sort of leveled out now i'm like five foot nine and i've been that size since i was probably at junior school i just had this mad growth spurt really early so i was just this really tall kid with this big bushy hair and i was all brown and i just stood out like a sore thumb by the time i went to secondary school all of the girls there thought that I was in sick form. When I went in for my intro day, because I was in um, casual clothing, everybody thought I was in sick form, but I was just coming up from junior school. I was like, I was that big. So when people don't truly understand what age you are, they treat you differently as well. So they weren't taking into consideration my sensitivities <laughs> and the fact that I was just a little kid, I was being treated as though I was somebody much older, which I found really difficult. So when I first moved up to secondary school, my friendship circle was just the same bunch of girls, really, that were at my junior school. There was a group of us that had all moved up to this secondary school, so we were all sort of hanging around together. One of the things that I did notice was that it felt very segregated, like there were clear pockets in terms of like racial separation. So there was quite a large Asian community at the school and they all tended to hang around together. Then all the white girls were hanging around together and all the black girls were hanging around together and I was like, whoa, this is a bit different, isn't it? But I just stuck with my friendship group. You know, some time starts going by and then you start to meet other girls from the school, you start to make new friends and that's when I started to feel like Mm, I definitely feel a bit out of place now and I remember some girls sort of referring to me as being a coconut because I was hanging around with a lot of the white girls at the time I was like, oh, well, I don't want to be seen as a coconut, do I? So I started hanging around with the the girls <laughs> that were calling me a coconut a bit more I made a, lot, a bigger group of friends there that were largely black girls But I still didn't... I just had this sense still of not really feeling as though I was fitting in. Like at home, within my black family, you know, it was all good. Nobody made me feel any different. But now this group of friends, I started to feel that real sense of difference. And people were pointing it out. People were saying to me, oh, you're not black. Oh, you think you're so nice. You think you're nice. I don't know who you think you are. You think you're slick, blah, 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 all of this sort of stuff. And then I started thinking... What does, I don't I don't think I'm nice. What does that even mean? I don't, I don't think I'm nice. Like, I didn't have masses of confidence as a kid. And um, things certainly weren't getting any better at this stage. So it was all of, yeah, putting up with all of this, oh, you think you're nice and you're a sket. And I'm like, hang on a minute, what is a sket? Like, I haven't even had a boyfriend. How, how can I be a sket? But all of these sort of ideas about who I was were being forced on me and I hated it and all I wanted was nothing more than just to be accepted and to be a part of this group and I didn't want to feel any separation between me and them and I certainly didn't want to feel any separation between me and my mum and one of the things that I found extremely difficult was when some of the girls started saying started to say things about about my mom and saying oh your mom thinks she's too nice cuz she's with a white man i don't know who your mom thinks she is and i'm just like my mom don't think she's anybody but that was it the reason that they said that was because they came to call for me one day and i was at my mom's house Well, i was at my mom and dad's house and i was upstairs and the girls knocked the door and i was going to come down in a minute and then my mum had answered the door and said, yeah, she'll be down in a minute, whatnot." And then the girls knocked again, and my mum was like, I've already told you, she's gonna come down in a minute. Basically, don't trouble my door again. And then I could hear from upstairs, cause there's a window that leads out to the path next to the house. And I could hear the girl saying, I don't know, her, her mum thinks she's nice. You know, her mum her mom thinks she's something special and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, went out. Hung around with the girls, and I was just in this in this desperate bid to want to be accepted. And I remember um, some of the girls at the school asking to do my hair because my hair used to be my hair used to be um, long when I was a kid, and they would brush my hair. But then they'd do things like deliberately yank it and tug it and pull it and stuff like that, and say, uh, "Oh, you think you're so nice because your hair's all long like that?" And I was just like, "I really don't think I'm nice." I didn't want to be seen as though I felt that way about myself and in fact that's had a very detrimental impact on me to this very day. I remember TLC were like really big at this time so I went up to secondary school in 1995 so it was like the finest time of of R&B and um, and I was a massive TLC fan and I decided that I was going to cut off all my hair and i wanted to try and have a hair a hairstyle that imitated t Boz. so i remember one school holiday i was like yes i'm gonna go i'm gonna get this t Boz hairstyle and it's gonna be great and so i went and got this hairstyle chopped off all my hair and um had it all pressed yeah man i just i loved it i loved it because i felt like my icon and i went into school and the girls were like you think you are so, who do you think you are with that hairstyle you think you're something special you think you are way too nice you're not black what are you even doing with that hairstyle and it was just like whoa 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 it was I just found it really hard and I remember being in the toilets one day at school and the girls were in the in the toilet they're all doing each other's hair and doing hair and sharing brush and blah 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 and I just I said to one of them oh can I borrow your brush please and they were like no and just making me feel really small and that really had a a real significant impact on me so I hated going to school it got to a point where I hated going to school and to be quite frank I didn't even want to live but that school was quite notorious I I can think of several girls before me who left that school because of of this sort of behaviour I remember girls having to leave school in a cab with their mom because of the behavior of the girls at the school, running them down, calling them this, calling them that, was a really, really toxic environment. And for whatever reason, there was just this thing where mixed race girls <laughs> were, were just getting it. They just weren't just weren't popular. It was just this rhetoric of, um, oh, you think you're too nice and therefore we need to put you in your place. And it was something that happened um Time and time again, the school was problematic. I got to a point where I was pretending to be sick every day so I didn't have to go to school because I hated it. I was just a sensitive little soul and all I wanted was just to to fit in and to be loved by my friends. You know, in fact, I remember at Christmas, oh my God, I was such a little beg friend, at Christmas, like buying jewellery from, uh, oh, what's the Argos? I can't remember what it, Elizabeth Duke. I was buying Elizabeth Duke jewellery for the girls at school in some sort of bid to be accepted and how sad is that bless poor little me but then it got to a point where I remember coming home from school one day and going upstairs into my bedroom and I got my school tie and I just pulled it around my neck and I pulled it and I pulled it and I pulled it and I remember looking at myself in the mirror as my face started going blue and I just thought you know what I can't do this anymore and then with that my mum and dad came home from work and I just heard the door open downstairs and then I was just like well so I stopped what I was doing and I think from I think that was the night that then it all just came out and I told my mum and dad look I'm having a really hard time at school I don't want to go back there they're making my life a misery the next day my mum and dad went into the school and had words and I was out of that school and into a new one on the other side of the Easter holiday. It definitely, definitely had a massive impact on me and my identity and how I saw myself and how I how I found myself feeling as though, yeah, I wasn't wanted by a certain aspect of that community, which for me was deeply, deeply painful because I'd never felt separated from the black community like that before. Like I knew that I wasn't black and I wasn't trying to claim that I was black, but I just didn't see myself as separate in that regard so it was quite an eye-opening experience and then I moved schools and in the other school it was like the contrast it was a lot less diverse over there but I had a much better experience yeah so growing up you know for a long time into my adulthood even to today I'd say I'm still impacted by that experience and I haven't always felt empowered or comfortable to own truly all of who I am A lot of that was to do with other people's input and other people's hurt and other people's pain. I took on people's, other people's traumas and accepted them as my own without even seeing that they were just projecting on me. But sometimes we have to mature to be able to see that. I wish that I could just go back now and give my younger self a hug and just say, listen, babes, man, it's not about you. Don't take it on like that. And then on the contrast to all of that, It was like at my new secondary school, it's just people you to people would automatically think that I was hard because I was half black. Like there was just some sort of idea that I was tough because I was tall, really tall, and because I was half black, yeah. I was like I felt as though I had to play this role in a way of um of like sometimes getting into situations that I wasn't comfortable in. I didn't really want to have to stand up against people, you know, because I just... People would be like, yeah, come on, yeah, go and fight, 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 fight. And I'm like, yeah, but really, I'm a peacekeeper. I'm a peace-loving peacekeeper and I'm not about that fight life. And now I feel like I'm being egged on to go and fight because everyone thinks I'm tough, but getting me into situations that I don't want to be in. But I did use it to my advantage as well because... If there were ever situations where I was seeing people getting bullied or people getting, yeah, people just not being treated very nicely, I'd always try and stand up for people where I could as well. So yeah, took a long time for me to figure out who I was. And there was a lot of going along with things to please other people. And all of that really stemmed from a bit of a lack of confidence. So isn't it interesting how things play out and I think it's easy to forget actually quite often you know we think about people being mean and people acting out and there's usually reasons for that when you get into human psychology there's usually reasons for people doing what they do and I'm not saying that all behaviour should be excused but I do like to try and understand what's at the core of it. So yeah. That's a little bit about me, where I come from and what happened when I was growing up. Thank you very much for joining me during this episode. I would love to know if you've got your own experiences of fitting in or not fitting in. Please do get in touch either via the socials at The Curl Squad or you can hit me up using email at info at I'd definitely love to hear about what you experienced growing up too if you did find this episode relatable please share it with a friend who might have had a similar experience and yeah just tell a friend to tell a friend and I will look forward to catching you again on the podcast real soon have a good week